everybody. Welcome to Cave Comedy Radio's only sex show, Sex and Other Human Activities. <laughs> I just like to switch it up instead of being like, hey, fuckos, <laughs> for once, uh, where we talk about sex and uh, other important things. My name is Sarah Benincasa. My name is Marcus Parks. And we are sponsored by sexcusemoi.com, S-E-X-C-U-S-E-M-O-I.com. I uh, use the term S-A-R-A, that's my name, Sarah, at checkout. And you get 20% off, and they've got all kinds of neat, high-class, sexy time stuff. So go and have some fun with that, why don't you? <laughs> why don't you? Oh, gosh. All right. I've had my rocket fuel. Nikita not working next door. No, of course Marcus's not. girlfriend not working. I sneaked in there. Like, not unlike the common crackhead <laughs> who thinks that she's being wily by stealing into a store where she's going to like steal Brillo pads or something. <laughs> and I I sneak in there. I look at Sweet Leaf, the place next door to the Creek in the Cave. I go to creeklic.com to learn more about the place where we record and where all this magic happens. Um, and uh, Sweet Leaf, the store next door, I go in there, I'm looking around and I don't see Nikita and I'm like, is she in the front? No. And I'm like, is she in the back? And I'm like, looking around real and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Because Nikita will not sell me the um, the the junk. She won't sell me my stuff. <laughs> Your junk. Because I get crazy about it. I take it and I get, and I'm starting to feel speedy right now. Uh-huh. And well, I knew as, as soon as we uh, came into the studio, I knew that would activate your rocket fuel powers. It activates it. And now I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she's not there. I get up to the front. There's some dude and he's like, hey, what can I get you? And I look at him real close and I'm like, is he going to tell her? And then I'm like, <laughs> wait, why am I paranoid? And I just go, I would like a rocket fuel, please. And he was like, okay, what kind of milk? And I was like, shh, <laughs> don't say it so loud. And, uh, and so then I got it, drank it, feeling it. And, uh, but I, I, I know you're going through a tough time. And so I don't want you to be afraid that my rocket fueled craziness is going to like fuck with you or something no no of course not because i'm still capable of human compassion and love and (laughs) friendship and feelings even though i'm like uh uh, yeah uh oh i know you are i know absolutely uh but yeah 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 i'm going through a bit of a tough time uh been drunk for about two days are you still drunk are you drunk uh not yet getting there uh but uh yeah a friend of mine died on friday uh or friday night uh, and I, I haven't dealt with death a whole lot in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a friend, uh, in college die, uh, in a motorcycle accident. Like he had, uh, was riding his, uh, his bike home and someone ran a red light and, uh, and killed him. Uh, and that was, that was really the, the last time that I had a, a, a friend die. But, but this one was, uh, her name, uh was uh Rhea Kramer. Mm-hmm. Uh she ran she owned a bar or co-owned a bar uh with uh with her husband in Greenpoint called Boulevard Tavern. Uh which I, I think I've talked about before on the show. We well, used to spend a lot of time there, right? Oh well, yeah, my uh my my ex girlfriend was a bartender there for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I was there constant like all the time, you know. Um and it was it's Boulevard is very much a like a, it's a it's a family bar it's like a second family type place because you know here in New York a lot of us are uh, are transplants uh, and a lot of us live far away from home mm-hmm. you know like I mean hell I live three thousand miles from my family um, and so in New York like your friends become your family you know you you 
you you search it because everyone and you need family you know and everyone needs those connections and and she was the person that kind of brought us all uh together and she was always there for for everyone like whenever whenever you needed her um and like i went there yesterday like the the wake was at the bar yesterday and it was weird as it was a, a wake slash crawfish boil oh wow uh, <laughs> was she well, from new orleans or was she a southern person? no she was dutch okay <laughs> yeah she she was she was dutch uh and it was just uh, it, it kind of it, it i mean she died of cancer uh at uh in her she was 52 mm-hmm. i think uh and she had been diagnosed in in january or uh or february uh so it was it was pretty quick like it, it kind of it was expected but unexpected like I, I didn't get to see her mm-hmm. uh before she died uh and like i, I was thinking like uh, i talked to a friend of mine on friday and she had gone and seen her and i was like okay like i need to see her next week and then probably eight hours later she she was gone wow did she uh, die in the hospital or did she die at home? A hospice. Oh, at hospice, okay. Yeah. So it progressed pretty quickly. Very quickly. Uh, and I don't, like, I kind of feel a little bit lost. Even though I hadn't hung out there in a long time, mm-hmm. uh, really after me and him and the girlfriend broke up, like, I didn't hang out there as much, naturally. Uh, but she was a, a big part of my life for like two years mm. and I was walking there yesterday uh, and I was thinking like like I was like oh yeah everyone's gonna be there I was like oh shit Rhea's go- oh no yeah, she's not gonna be there no she's not gonna be there it's <laughs> like we're there because she's not there and uh, I, I feel like like a like a, those are happy times Mm-hmm. Like those are very good times in my life. It was life was a lot simpler then, and life was easier. It was it was a lot easier, and like I feel like lately that life has been getting harder in a lot of different ways, and this kind of drove that home. And I, I, I feel I feel shitty for thinking about myself. In a time like this, you know, uh, when, you know, she meant so much to so many, like it was, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where you, you're so sad, but you laugh a lot, you know, and I kind of feel like that's where I am right now is all laughs, no smiles. Well, I think it's natural for when people mourn, um, when somebody dies, it's like a, a, a pebble being dropped in a pond and the the ripples go out for quite some time before they disappear and so you can be someone who is right there immediately where that pebble drops or you could be someone who's a few rings out and still have it affect you i know it's kind of a tired and hoary as an h-o-a-r-y <laughs> old you know yeah. metaphor or whatever but i think it rings very true it and does. so what what you're feeling is not just i think in my opinion i'm guessing is not just grief for her passing but it's grief for the end of an era yeah in your life and the passing of an epoch in your life and i was uh talking uh uh to rebecca about this last night and uh the owner 
Rebecca Good. owns the Creek in the Cave, yeah. creeklic.com, creek 1093 yeah. Jackson Avenue, right here in beautiful <laughs> Long Island City, New York. Yeah, my, my boss and my big sister, uh, both at the same time. And and I was talking to her about this and, and did what, I mean, she put it that it's it's easier to mourn an era than it is to mourn a person, like, because an era, that's such an abstract thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but a, a person that's concrete, like that person's gone, never gonna, never gonna see her again. Uh, none of us will. And there, and I also feel a lot. I just feel sad for the people that were so much closer to her than I was, um, because I mean, it, 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 it affects. It's affected so, so many people uh, in so many different ways. Um, I mean, so many people lost so much. You know, and she was a wonderful woman, and and I always loved Boulevard because it was like, or is it, it's like a goth bar, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and even though I'm not like a goth kid uh, physically, I guess, but I guess inside, you have a goth soul. I got a goth. Yeah, yeah. Safe to say, <laughs> safe to say, I got a goth soul. Yeah. So it's a place where weirdos and freaks can hang out and feel okay about themselves and Ex- feel at home and feel like they feel like they have a home and a family of sorts. If this tells you anything, Rhea took us all to the Renaissance Festival. She did? <laughs> she loved the Renaissance Festival so much. Would she dress up? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. she made her own dress. Like, it was this beautiful, like, long green, like, uh, uh, like long green medieval period dress. Like, she made her own. Uh, and she'd always, and, uh, and a friend of mine uh, said that had gone to see her not too long ago had uh, said, I had told her like, uh, or Rhea had told her like, you're gonna, you better go to the Renaissance Festival next year because mm-hmm. she'd never missed it. I went every single year, and 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 that's 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 always that's kind of my best memory ever. May I inject something inappropriate? Of course, <laughs> and possibly insensitive, but this just came into my brain, and I want to know if you were the person who told me or somebody else. Were you the one who told me that at Renaissance festivals? They have secret. Um, they have secret sex rooms where <laughs> you, there's secret sex tents where you go in and you see people in medieval gear, like like medieval sex torturing each other. No, no, oh, that yeah, wasn't, one of my, one that of my wasn't told me. me that. But goddamn, I wish I would have seen it. Yeah, one of my friends told me. I mean, she hasn't seen it, but she's heard that that happens at the Ren Fest. I do not doubt that for a second. Listen, people. CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com If you know, can tell us whether, I mean if we had a phone number I'd be throwing it out right now yeah. CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com Let us know if the rumors about the sex fest at the Ren Fest are true yeah. Okay, that was just for me <laughs> But I thought if anyone would know about them it, you would know Yeah, I, I kind of I I feel, feel like I'm slacking because I don't know. They uh, might just be a lie. I mean, hell, I just went and threw axes for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, you get to throw axes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty sweet. But we're we're definitely definitely going this year. You know, is, but it in, is it this month or next month? It's uh, pretty soon. It's coming up. Uh, it's uh, it's in like early summer. Usually, you kind of go in her memory. Yeah, and celebrate her memory. That's what. By yeah, throwing that's, axes. That's what. <laughs> That's what we're doing to celebrate our memories. That we're we're going to a Renaissance festival. You know? pretty we take rad. like take a couple buses up there, uh, and like rent a rent a van. You know, head up and have a good time. Watch the jousting. <laughs> uh, I might. I want a gauntlet so bad 
Because I on Thursday, I uh, thurs last Thursday was my day off, so I went to the Met and spent most of the day in the Arms and Armor exhibition. Really? Yeah. No. Well, no. That's uh, I like. I went to the Met that's and so spent cool. a lot of time in uh, Central Park. Like I like to make my days off count. You know. Yeah, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Everybody, if you've never been uh, there, if I would say if there's one thing to see in New York City. I would say, I suppose I would say Central Park. Mm-hmm. But the but Metropolitan Museum of Art is right there on Central Park. So mm-hmm. you can go see it. And Arms and Armor, very popular among young boys. <laughs> <laughs> very, pop- yeah. very popular among, uh, it tickles the young boy in all of us. It really does. Because Pretty there's neat. just so much awesome armor. And I'm like just looking at all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I want a gauntlet so bad. And what I want to wear it. A gauntlet is just the big glove, like the oh. big metal glove okay. that goes down about to your elbow. Okay. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just badass. And I wish I could wear a gauntlet all the time. Well, you're very Game of Thronesy. Yeah. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Do you love it, you love it <laughs> yeah. so much? I love it. Here's how much I love Game of Thrones is that I read uh, all five books and then turned right around and started reading them again immediately. Wow. Yeah, I'm a half. I'm almost done with the second book for the second time. If there were a TV, if somebody said invent the perfect TV show for Marcus Parks, um, I would maybe throw like more like metal into mm. Game of Thrones, like Mm-mm. like metal as in like music. Yeah, like death metal. Oh, but, but the music in it is perfect. It is beautiful. But oh. I would maybe have like Dinklage play some death metal at some point. <laughs> But that it's pretty much like if you want to know what the interior of Marcus's soul looks like, watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Actually, yes. Yeah, that's perfect. That's like the whole interior of his that's his whole interior world. It's like everything <laughs> everything you will see from like the, the horrific aspects to the beautiful aspects, like that's pretty much Marcus Parks. Mm-hmm. Plus dragons. Yeah, plus dragons. <laughs> dragons. Dragons. But it, it yeah, uh, no, I, I love I love all that shit, you know. Well, and and that was in, and you know Boulevard was always a, that was a place where all the weirdos could go to and just feel at home. If you're a weirdo, you could go in that place and just you just immediately feel all right. I got nothing to be afraid of here. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got nothing to be afraid of. I've got no, you know, yeah. The, the, it's just a a fantastic place. And 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 she was a fantastic woman. So I <sighs> we drink to her. We drink. I've been. I don't have any drinks right now, but I drink to yeah, her. I okay. I'm to Rhea. That's a, that's a, that's me uh, doing a cheers. Uh, I clink. will lift this knife, which I'm not very comfortable being around. <laughs> and I'm not. It's a very large knife. I'm not very comfortable you being around <laughs> in this state. It's called it's called the gold dragon, and it's got gold dragons painted on it, and it's probably. The length from it's longer than the length from my elbow to the tips of my fingers, and yeah. it is a huge, heavy, ornate knife, and I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, I love it. I hate it so much. Can I shut it, or am I going to end up killing myself? Uh, it's a lock blade. You're not going. You're not strong enough to. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, really. No, times there. like times like this. It, it, it's times whenever you really examine your life. You know, whenever. Every time, uh, like I, I don't, I don't know about anyone else, but like whenever, uh, like a, a friend dying is different than a family member dying. Yeah. Because uh, a family member dying, there's you know you're there with your family, and there's a, a stronger connection and and a stronger, uh, you know, it's people that you've known your entire life, and you're all grieving together, and uh, and the bond is much stronger. But mm-hmm. whenever a friend dies, I think that 
that definitely at least made makes me examine my life uh a lot closer mm-hmm. um because it's just it's somebody that you hadn't known your entire life somebody that you met by chance uh and it really makes like like you examine what you're doing in life and this is kind of thrown me into a bit of a tailspin mm. uh because my life feels like a mess right now i i don't Everything just feels out of control, like completely out of control and completely out of whack. Uh, and, you know, th- this kind of makes me step back a little bit and, and look at it and look at exactly what life is supposed to be about or, or what's important in life and what you're supposed to do with your time on Earth. Uh and by the way, listeners, sorry for getting so goddamn maudlin. No, we get uh, maudlin sometimes. It's <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah, it's I, we're, you're getting deep. People yeah, like it. People I, are eating. Somebody is beating off in Norway <laughs> right now listening to this. Yeah. Uh, um, um, but it, it, it's been a, a trying couple days. And, and I've, I, maybe I haven't been dealing with it right. And I've been, I've been dealing with it by drinking a lot. Not healthy. Not healthy at all. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll stop today like usually that's that's what happens whenever something like this goes on you get pretty wasted for about two days uh and then you stop um well you've been up and very up and down for the past several weeks i would say i would put it honestly like the past three months that from week to week like i haven't known whether well, I never, I never come in here consciously wondering how Marcus is, how is Marcus going to be today? Not because I'm selfish, but because oh. you're, I don't think of you as an unstable person. Because even when you're like, you still get your shit done, even yeah. when you're deeply unhappy. Like last uh, last night, I um, still did a great job doing tech, and I was wasted and grieving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you and, still made it happen. And yeah, yeah, I've always been able to. I've always been able to do that. I've always been able to pull shit together whenever I need to, and well, whenever things actually. Yeah, I've, I've I've always been able to pull it. But together. you have been very up and down for the past three months, like week by week, or maybe like two weeks by two weeks one mood, and then a week another, and then two weeks another, and then a week another. Um, there's not been a steady, you know, because sometimes you're like, it's great. My life is great. Everything's going great. I got the job I want. I got, you know, the girlfriend I want. I got all this stuff. And then other weeks you're just like, I just don't know anymore. Yeah. And um, so there's you, I wouldn't say that your mood has been stable. It hasn't been. Um, not at all. And... So this is like, this is an actual like tragic, sad thing that has happened that has prompted you probably to, like you've said, look at your life as a whole and see what you want from it. And it's like now you feel like your life is is messy. But I think four weeks ago, you probably would have been like, things are great. Things are awesome, man. Yeah. Um, and so the question is, is your life actually messy or is it the... Are you seeing it through the the kind of veil of grief? Is that distorting your vision? I don't really know. Yeah, uh, I I know. I, I mean, uh, and you're you're right. Like I I know that that I've been completely. I mean, uh, the best way to put it is out of sorts mm-hmm. for uh, for weeks and, and weeks now. Like just been yeah, completely up and down. Not and not unstable 
I I would say like I, you I haven't been tweaking out or something. Yeah, it's like, just from week to week. I didn't know if you were going to be happy with the way things were going or not. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like I I don't know either. Like I I just I don't know. Like I, I it's like yesterday didn't even feel real, and today like life just it just does it just feels unreal right now, uh, and it hasn't felt real for a while. Like I, 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 I don't know what I'm doing. Like I have no, <laughs> I have no fucking clue what I'm doing, or where I am, or, or, or anything. And I have no idea where I'm going, and it's scaring the fuck out of me. I think this can be what my therapist calls a really juicy time, <laughs> um, because she. I remember her when I was feeling very you know wildly depressed and out of sorts just under a year ago um remember my therapist saying to me uh the the therapist that i dig saying to me that this can be a really juicy time full of possibilities and this is a really rich time for you even though it's uncomfortable try to lean into it like lean forward as they say on Uh, on the tv on the msnbc correct say saying lean forward into it and when you have pause a few times a day and without getting caught up in the story of like I feel this way because of this reason and this reason just take some deep breaths and feel what you actually feel in your body and see where it happens and I found that and see what that what think of the shape and the texture of it and I found that I actually would get um, a lot of times I was very angry Mm. um, or I was very sad I was either sad or very angry, and it kind of sat in between my giant boobs, <laughs> like, and I could feel I've been, it. I've physically. been feeling anger a lot lately, like a lo- like more than I have in a long time, like it's since high school, like a lot of anger. And uh, I, I think it also it helps for, and this is something for you to obviously do privately, but to ask yourself after you just kind of sit with that anger and feel where it is in your body because some people will feel it literally in their arms because they they'll clench Mm -hmm. and other people will feel it in their stomach they'll get a stomach ache or whatever i tend to again feel it in my chest Mm -hmm. beneath my boobs um i feel it in my jaw yeah like you probably clench up i clench i clench my jaw very very hard and i grind my teeth very badly at night Oh, that's a terrible noise. Yeah, it's an it's uh, an awful noise. Yeah, and I, I I grind my teeth, and it's fucking my teeth up pretty bad. I, I need to get a mouthpiece, but I mean sometimes it, it's sometimes it's loud enough where it will wake up Nikita. Wow. Yeah, it, it's You're it's grinding re- hard, and I'm grinding really really hard. Like uh, like I I, I don't know. I just don't know what to do anymore. One thing I would caution you against is making a big move right now because the urge when you're in, I think the urge when when we're suffering is to take some big action to end the suffering. Yeah. And of course, you know, Buddhists say, you know, life is suffering. There's the, and, and I guess enlightenment is the, is the cessation of suffering. And one of the things that you hope for in meditation, in some meditative practices, is the cessation of suffering for yourself, but also for other human beings and all creatures and everything. Um, but the return, the basic tenet is like, you know, life is suffering. Bad shit's going to happen. You're going to feel bad ways sometimes. Um, but, Everything is changeable. Everything is mutable. So 
this particular storm of suffering that you're feeling right now is going to pass. And I would hate for you to make a giant decision like I got to end my relationship or I got to I got to end uh, I got to quit my job or I got this and do something. It's sort of like there's someone poking you in the side with a stick and it hurts really bad. So to distract yourself, you slash your wrist mm-hmm. and and I'm prone to doing that. Yes, I'm very prone to doing that. I have done that many times in the past and have regretted it. Yeah. Like immensely. Oh, yeah. Like things that fucked up my life that I should not have done because I was feeling terrible. And I thought, like, okay, well, there's only one thing to do, and that is to cut a gigantic piece of my life out. And then maybe that'll make it better because that's the only thing I can do. It's the only thing I can think of doing to make myself feel different because you just want to feel different. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, you don't want to. Like, you don't even care if it makes things better. You don't care at all. You just you just want to feel different. Feel even, if it's, even if it's a different type of sadness, you just want to feel something different, you know? And, and, you know, and I always get, you know, and it's the same thing with people who cut, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they just want to feel something different. Uh, even if it's they want that physical pain instead of that emotional pain. So that's, that's something they can bring they, on and that they can control to an extent, too. To an extent, if you yeah. Choose, like if you choose, like let's say you chose to just like go home and just break up with Nikita like today, um, you would be choosing. And I'm not saying that that won't at some point possibly be a good thing because relationships end or maybe she'll dump your ass. I don't fucking know. <laughs> She's a hot piece of ass. It's quite possible. She's it's got quite, options. It's quite possible that she could dump my sad ass. But like she, you know, if you went and did, I don't think today is that, I don't think this is the moment for that, but you, I could see you convincing yourself like, oh, this is what I need to do. Because mm-hmm. people like you and me and people with, with mental illness are prone to are prone to great sudden flashes of insight, yeah. quote unquote, that we're Moments like, Moments of clarity. Yeah, we're like, this is it. This is the answer. Oh my God, now I see. Now there are some occasional genuine moments of clarity that people have, like in near-death experiences mm-hmm. or when people bottom out from an addiction and they run their car into a tree and they survive and they're like, okay, moment of clarity. I'm not going to do this again. Um, excuse me, but I think that people who are mentally ill and i honestly believe a lot of people who are called who who the catholic church calls saints were just really fucking mentally ill like saint Teresa of avila just real mental um or we're prone to these flashes of insight we think that uh we think that we know things other people don't and that we can see things that other people can't man and (laughs) it's like if whatever if you find yourself having flashes of of insight that you're like this is this is right I would just sit with them for a few days before acting on them. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not even really having anything like that. Like I'm, yeah. Uh, um, I but just you may feel... you may realize like I need to go back to school. Yeah, and that's great. But you know, sit with it for a few. Oh no, if I go days. back to school, I'm going to a mortuary sciences school. Sweet. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I have actually. That is my backup plan. That's awesome. Like if things don't work out with this you know if if stuffing comedy or radio just uh suddenly ends if i lose my taste for it or whatever if there's one thing i'm always gonna dig it's dead bodies mm-hmm. yeah uh, whenever i was a kid i wanted to be a grave digger like that's what they they asked me in uh in elementary school like hey what do you want to be when you grow up i'm like i don't know they're like well what do you like doing i'm like digging holes I'm like oh okay I'm like ah 
I'm grave gonna be, digger. I'm going to be a grave digger. Yeah. You know, Dave and Matthews I tried Band getting wrote a, a song about that. What's up? Dave Matthews Band wrote a song about that. Oh, God. It's called Grave Digger. <laughs> it goes like this. Grave Digger, will you dig my grave? Make it shallow so I can feel the rain. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh. I love the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I prefer to listen to the band Grave Diggers. Oh, that's a band? Yeah. Wow. Rap group. Oh. 1-800-SUICIDE, y'all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they sound cutting edge. They are, uh, they're horrorcore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's all about uh, death and killing and shit like that. You know, there's a big article about, um, uh, in the New York Times this weekend, uh, I don't know what the band, I think the band is called Odd Future. Oh, yeah, Odd Future. I know Odd yeah, Future. Yeah, there's a big old article about them. They're like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. But we need to go and record Roundtable. Oh, yeah. Oh, should we? Do we have anything to, sexual to talk about briefly? Because I don't think we talked about sex, which is fine. Yeah. There's plenty of episodes where we just, like, cry or I just cry. And I'm like, yeah. Um, I almost cried. I know. Well, you were emotional, and that's okay. That's very, very normal. The only time you have audibly cried on the show was talking about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned how to control my emotions a little bit <gasps> since then. Well, no, I will fucking cry at the drop of a hat and be like, this is so beautiful. I well, I, I got emotional during Avengers because I was like, <laughs> why does why do they always have to blow up New York? It always they're, It's always very 9-11-y, yeah. like now, yeah. which is weird because 9-11 itself, when it happened, people said it looked like an action movie, yeah. and it did, and then... And and now action movies look like nine eleven. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's like refracting and bending in and on itself. Well, I've ca- I've kind of already crabbed myself out about this. I had never cried about Battlestar Galactica before. That was beautiful. Yeah. So I've <laughs> I've already yeah this this thing I, I've already cried myself out. Oh, I can tell you what uh, I saw this weekend, which was amazing. Um, I saw a uh, this man at a shop in New Hope, Pennsylvania, called Teardrop Memories specializes the store specializes in in wait for it it's awesome wait in um in death paraphernalia oh teardrop memories post-mortem gallery and victorian bird cages oh we're not your mother's antique shop um we speak antique.com victorian morning jewelry 19th century bird cages, early veterinary tools and rare books, vintage death, funeral collectibles, antique pet ephemera, real goth memento mori. Holy you shit. You gotta come home with me sometime and go to this thing. Yeah, that it's is my next shit. that is my next awesome. road and, trip. And the Holy dude fuck. the dude who runs the place will um he'll take you on he'll do he does speeches about how the different different death and dying practices around the world and stuff. Which I find fucking which is awesome. fascinating. But another thing he has is a collection for sale of um, antique sex toys. <gasps> and he had, he took out this thing. It looked like a metal canister that, some, that like you could hook up like a hose to. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, what do you think this is? So we were trying to guess. And he goes, uh, he goes, let me give you a hint. It would have been in all, every brothel in Paris in the 1880s. And we were like, what is it? And he was like, it's an old antique douche machine. What? And he showed us where the water would go in and where <laughs> the rubber hose would go. And he was like, they would just clean it out. They would just clean it out after after each you know, round of business. A gal could clean it out. And I was like, what? <laughs> this in a store that's full of antique bird cages with dead baby dolls in them. He put baby dolls in them. 
I want to be this guy's best friend. Uh, you need to come home with me and we will go. Yeah, I'm going to do it's that. It's going to be so fun, man. Yeah, this is going to happen. This will cheer you up. Yeah, I need this. Well, yeah, we should go if we don't go because next weekend's Mother's Day, so I got shit to do, but we should right. go the weekend after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Let's I'm definitely. Oh, wait. No, I'm going to Texas that weekend. Damn it. Well, you maybe weekend after that, you and Nikita should come home with me. That sounds wonderful. That'd be I'd so fun. To. Oh, and they have wreaths made out of hair. This, <laughs> listen, everybody, uh, just go to wespeakantique.com and tell the, the fellow that, that I said hi. His name is uh, Greg Cristiano. He's great. Um, see this this little painting here? Mm-hmm. Everything that's brown in that painting is made of hair, human Whoa. hair. Oh, and there's lots of pictures. I mean, there's wreaths made of human hair. There's one um, portrait of a woman, a painting of a young girl, but the hair is real and it was her hair. Wow. Because she died. Oh, that is awesome. There's a ton of photos of of just dead people in caskets. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Do I see Victorian circus freak photos? Correct. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Victorian circus freaks are the best circus freaks ever. (laughs) I know. That was the golden age of circus freaks. That's whenever circus freaks made a living. They were revered. For fuck's sake, the elephant man and Tom Thumb met Queen Victoria and were actual honor guests at the castle. Like this. The freaks were treated great then. Oh, goddamn. (sighs) Barnum and Bailey's. Oh, man. Fucking the P.T. Barnum. Like uh, P.T. Barnum's American Museum. It's just, oh, the Egress. And er, Fiji, the mermaid monkey. And, oh. You got to come with me. You got to come with me. And you can We'll we'll go hang out with this dude. Oh, yeah. So that's it's called uh, teardropmemories.com or wespeakantique.com. And he'll go and and he'll he'll tell you about stuff. And and they do prop work. Um, Lots of. They, um, there, oh, there was some Salma Hayek film called Cirque du Freak, and, uh, they, uh, and they, you know, lent out stuff for that, and he's consulted on True Blood and mm-hmm. all these different TV shows, because they've got all this cool shit, um, and uh, including, but not limited to, antique sex toys. Wonderful. Awesome. So, shout out to them. They're great. And, uh, well... I guess it's time to go do a very different show. Much different. <laughs> Round table of gentlemen where there are no tears. God, no. But because if they were, they would make fun of us mercilessly. They would be stamped out immediately <laughs> by horrible, horrible human beings. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, 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 check out Round Table of Gentlemen. Sarah is going to be on uh, this next episode. I am. I yeah. sure am. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Uh, Twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. Twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. This is Sex and Other Human Activities. Good night. Good night.